Broadcasting worldwide from the Toad Suck Studio in beautiful central Arkansas, you are listening to Bad Choices in Bourbon. I am Dan Decker, uh, D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R on the Twitter box. Uh, with me today, uh, one of my um, uh, favorite people to interact with on Twitter, um, a renowned cosplayer uh, and uh, all-around groovy person uh, known as Ensign Amens. Welcome to Bad Choices in Bourbons. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. So, how are you today? I'm doing good. You know, I'm just, you know, nervous about the whole thing. Like, I am um, a perfectionist. So, I, before the interview, I had to, like, make sure I had the right vehicle that didn't have too much sound reflection. And, you know, so you have good sound. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, to Well, to, to assuade some of that, the first several uh, several episodes of this show were recorded in my car. Uh, because yeah. it provided the only quiet space in the entire Decker uh, compound that didn't um, involve dogs, children, or other people that live here. <laughs> so um, yes. no worries on the, uh, you know, uh, and that's, that is why that was the birth of the Toad Suck Studio. The Toad Suck Studio is wherever I happen to be when we record this show. So, <laughs> yeah, so that works. Yeah, it's all about, you know, like a good cosplay. It's all about the facade, right? Yeah, details sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I appreciate again for you uh, making the time today. I know squeezing in stuff like this uh, on the busy everybody's got to live day to day schedule can be a bit difficult. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, making time for us today. Now, I don't know, most of the folks uh, who would follow you see a lot of what you do um, with your, your cosplay, you know, pri- uh, quite possibly, I don't know, the most famous. Well, you're in your. You're in a good. You're in a good one in your profile, uh, but the one that stands out to me, of course, and it, it could just be bias, uh, but is your Kara Thrace Starbuck uh, uh, take, and uh, I just want to give you props on that in person. Because oh, thank you. That's super yeah. great. <laughs> that one was uh, a surprise. I mean, I really enjoyed Battlestar Galactica, but one day I posted a photo of myself when I was I was angry in my car and it was angry at me typical um and somebody was like wow you really look like starbuck and i was like wow i guess i can see that and then i rolled with it and like um it is really nice to be compared to a character that you kind of you can see yourself in that you enjoy that you look up to so yeah it was huge i I love that and that's you know um i actually i met a i have a friend uh who named his daughter kara after her (laughs) Uh, uh-huh. and it was, it was, you know, not as much removed as we are now. This was easily 10 years ago. So it was much closer to, you know, the show having been in recent memory. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, you're right on top of that money. <laughs> so, um, that's awesome. yeah, it is. Uh, so, you know, we try to get to know each other a little bit here. Um, what, uh, if you want to talk about it, uh, where did, where did things begin for you? Like, what'd you do growing up? Oh, oh, I grew up in Alaska. Oh, so wow. it was, um, <laughs> it was actually funny because I remember watching, we would watch, there weren't a lot of channels in Alaska. And as a family, we would sit down and watch The Next Generation. And I remember when you found out that Riker grew up in Alaska and I was like, ah, that was very exciting. <laughs> you can connect to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm from Alaska. Like I get that. <laughs> That's something you can, um, you know, and not, you know, not a lot of people are from Alaska. Let's be honest. There's just not a lot of people up there. You either, you either, um, it seems like most people find their way up there. I I don't know that I've ever met too many native Alaskans, um, as it were. Uh, but you make number two that I'm I'm (laughs) certain of, 
Um, good friend of mine that that I played D and D with. Uh, he's he's also from there. Um, okay. Yeah, and well, you know, like you said, um, finding something like that I, for me, you know, my last name is is Trek Lore, so uh, that makes it super easy for me to. Uh, to to find somebody to relate to Matt Decker, Will Decker, you know my future my future generations, <laughs> causing trouble for the Federation and <laughs> and uh, mating with uh, sentient robots from you know from our distant past. Okay, yeah, it's, it's all good stuff, right? It's all good stuff, <laughs> right? Um, so, what was Alaska like besides cold? I mean, did, uh, <laughs> in, in any of the well known parts, or were you out in the middle of nowhere? Nowhere. I grew up in a community called Chugiak, um, which is north of the big city Anchorage. So, you know, parents had jobs in Anchorage. My dad was a radio engineer, which is why I'm hypersensitive about sound and signal and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's cold. Uh, snow stacks up till May and then finally defrosts. And we have very beautiful summers. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard that. But they're also very short. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and that's what a lot of people don't, I don't think, understand. There's a lot of things in this world that are uh, much bigger than people actually can, I think, think of. Um, uh, moose are very large animals, right? They're, they're incredibly big. Uh, but people don't really kind of consider that. Oh, oh and how freaking huge Alaska actually is. Um, it's one of the things yes. that po- people just, you know, oh, it's big. No, no, no. We're talking like you can set it on top of Australia big. It's huge. Um, yeah. Very, very, very I, I had a job place. once. I had a job at one point. I was, um, I, I, they gave me a truck and I drove around painting gas stations in Alaska. And there was a lot of driving, a whole lot of driving. <laughs> a whole lot of driving. That's right. Um, one of my favorite facts about Alaska is that it is the uh, most northern, western, and eastern state in the United States because uh, the, uh, the, the little tail bleeds into the international dateline. Yeah, puts the it on the east. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to be rude and wrong because uh, I was like, well, you know, geography was like I don't know, thirty years ago. So, <laughs> but my mom's a geography teacher, so I should be better at it. Um, but very cool. Uh, you mentioned okay, so Star Trek: The Next Generation is that your trek? Is that where you started? That is definitely where I started. It's um, yeah, it was a thing that we enjoyed together as a family. Now, was that uh, in the moment live when it was fresh or did you come into it through syndication after the fact? Oh, so fresh. I, I remember the um, the two part when John Luke Picard became Borg and mm-hmm. just having to wait all summer to find the resolution to that one. That was See, <laughs> I love it when when folks we talk about that moment, but I don't think and I don't remember uh, much before. So I, I, you know, the next generation is essentially what I grew up with. Literally it, it premiered when I was 12. Uh, so, um, you know, very impressionable young youngster, uh, and the next generation showed up on my TV and I was just, I was blown away. Uh, and by TV, I mean, fuzzy black and white with rabbit ears <laughs> that I had to sit near the window. So the signal would come in better TV. Yes. Uh, it was great, <laughs> but <laughs> And I don't know that a lot of people even recognize the significance of the best of both worlds parts one and two relative to modern television up until, you know, the binge era where seasons ended on a cliffhanger. They used to not. 
used to, I mean, there were very few season ending cliffhangers. You get the who shot Jr. was like probably the big one that started it, mm-hmm. but it didn't become the thing to do to end a season with a will they won't they um, uh, until the best of both worlds. And that summer was real torture. Yes, <laughs> it was real torture. Um, is you, you had no idea. I mean, the the gag, the dadgum season ends on Will Riker saying fire. And mm-hmm. come to find out years later, I don't know if you know, behind the scenes, the writer was like, wasn't sure he was going to have a job for the next year. So he just wrote <laughs> themselves into a wall and was like, next guy's got to fix it. And well, guess what? You're next guy guy. Cause you kept your job. <laughs> Not always like, Oh, don't paint yourself into a corner, bro. Um, well, wonderful. So is that, uh, did you carry on then through DS nine and Voyager and so on? Oh yeah. I remember DS nine. Um, I was, I remember I finally got like my own bedroom when uh, Voyager was coming out. Oh, and nice. I remember I got, was given the old, um, barely color TV <laughs> and a pair of rabbit ears. And I had to tune in the new, what was UPN at the time oh, right. to yes. be able to see it in my bedroom. It was, uh, it was an experience. Oh, that is something. Um, I have a very brief uh, of all things, I have, a, I have like a four-line journal entry from the <laughs> night Voyager premiered, and I still have it. Uh, talked about um, not getting this. I only got to see the last half of Caretaker, uh, which I enjoyed apparently at the time. Uh, super excited. And I also had recently watched, um, oh, uh, Higher Learning, which was a movie out at the time, and um, was looking forward to Highlander 3. Unfortunately, that did not pan out. <laughs> Oh, the the uh, the the ignorance of youth at the time. But yes. Voyager turned out good. Um, did you go back and catch up, like on the previous um, stuff, on the old stuff? Yeah, I, yeah, I um, I have watched pretty much all the series. I have not watched the animated one yet. Eh, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one uh, of those where you're like, it's really easy to digest because it's all very short and there's not a lot of it. But also, yeah. oof, it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, there's yeah. good stuff in it, though. There's good stuff in it. And um, uh, the story behind how it was made and how the crew stuck together is actually the more fascinating part of the animated series. Yes, uh, I heard Leonard Nimoy had to stand up for his co-stars. Mm-hmm. Like, Staunchly. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. if you mm-hmm. want me, they come to, I think they they tried to do it, they wanted to just do it with, like, him and uh, Jimmy Doohan and Kirk uh, with Shatner. And yeah. um, he was like, no, these other characters are those other characters, too, and they need to be here for it. And so most everybody mm-hmm. got to come back, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, the stories about how, like, you know, uh, Shatner would be on the road doing whatever it was he was doing at the time. And then he would just pop in to wherever he could and record those lines and send them <laughs> off. Just, you know, and that show that has that vibe. It has that. vibe, yeah. uh, And that classic filmation animation, which is, you know, like still pictures that move every three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> the old days. Yeah, yeah, the old days. You know, slightly. Uh, it was proto proto He Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, wh- where are you now? You're not in Alaska anymore. We're on the same time zone. No, I am. Am I work around the Chicago land area? Oh, so. wonderful! Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know people and have people uh, in Chicago land area. Um, previous guest and friend of the show, Cicero Holmes. Uh, yeah. abides up there and then uh, my brother-in-law his partner and my uh, my nephew uh, are all up there um, and gosh I can never remember the name of their 
their little burg. Uh, but uh, they're they're on the outskirts, you know. Uh, Jeff drives yep. into the city <laughs> to go to work, um, and then my one of my very bestest friends he lived there for forever. So a lot of roots in Chicago. Not a Cubs fan, mm-hmm. but a lot of roots in Chicago. <laughs> so well, good. You good. know, it was a hard thing to learn when I moved here. Apparently, and I did not know this. You're not allowed to be a Cubs and a White Sox fan. You're not. Like, that's not allowed. <laughs> no, that's uh, there's Southside and there's Cubs, man, and it's one or the other, which is weird because they they don't play each other very often, and it's like they're in different leagues. They're in you know National League and uh, American League, so you, I don't yeah. see why you couldn't have two. But uh, yeah, the inner city rivalry is big deal. It's a big deal. Imagine it if is. they had two football teams. <laughs> which there's uh, talk of, but we'll see. Oh 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 wow, that that would be weird. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dobbers, but anyway. Dobbers, yeah. Oh man. So, um, do you enjoy being there? You have a good time? You like what you do? Yeah. I got family here, you know, my job keeps me busy. Sometimes I, you know, miss the mountains in particular. You still have family but, um, in Alaska? No, everybody's left now. Oh, okay. Even my friends, they've all pretty much moved. So Oh wow. So um yeah. you mentioned when you got your own room, that implies perhaps siblings. Yes, I have uh, a brother. Uh, a little brother or a big brother? Yeah, younger brother. Younger yeah. brother. So you and the younger yeah. brother. Um, yeah. I have uh, I have actual siblings, uh, and I have uh, a whole uh, Twitter feed of adopted adopted siblings. Uh, Stevie Lee has adopted <laughs> me as her big bro, which is uh, one of my favorite things. Uh, no, she's wonderful. She is. Oh man, like uh, I, you know, shout out Stevie, uh, just real quick. Um, she has been one of the people that I absolutely can count on to. Um, and, you know, and I, I know that I can go, uh, uh, you know, drop a dump in her DMs, uh, emotional uh, distress. <laughs> and uh, I might not hear back right away, but when I do, you know, it'll either, it'll be exactly the right response. It'll either by, you know, fuck those fuckers or it's okay, bro. I still love you. <laughs> you know? It's just what you need. Um, so yeah, yeah, shout out to her. Uh, so tell me about now, is cosplay something you you like really do enjoy or is it just something you just kind of hobby on the side or tell me about that adventure that fascinates me yeah i have always enjoyed like dressing up as characters and Mm -hmm. you know like big big huge halloween fan all my life oh yeah you know um usually it was just kind of like oh pirate and uh i did do a harry potter one a long time ago and uh but now it's um it's been an adventure trying to portray these very well documented characters uh, you know the, in a way that kind of like respects their unique looks and, and and particular just what makes them unique right you know it, it's kind of like i take it to, as like almost kind of like acting where you kind of like got to get to know the background a little bit you got to kind of like understand them you know so I, you want I try to inhabit to the character yes nice it, it, it's especially these women like Starbuck and Tasha Yar and, um, you know, number one, it's like, it, it's, uh, it's empowering, especially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all, all great, all great examples of empowered and empowering mm-hmm. women who, uh, took no gruff and gave no quarter. Uh, so do you find yourself now that, you know, some folks have identified you as a Starbuck, uh, um, uh, you know, adjacent, uh, style, do you find yourself, leaning towards those, you know, those kinds of characters that have that similar look, or do you uh, just try to put together whatever suits your fancy? Um, I try to find characters that I can kind of like fit into, you know, with my appearance, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I should probably branch out. Like uh, I see Kellen 
out there doing amazing oh, characters <laughs> yeah. that are so different. It's, uh, but um, just to, for now, I'm just trying to do kind of what fits into my wheelhouse, you know? Cool. Because, um, you know, I mean, it's easy for someone like myself to be like, well, you, you know, you kill it with, uh, you kill it with Kara Thrace. The obviously, obviously your next one needs to be Bo-Katan, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's, 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 it's logical progression, uh, which by the way, would be badass, but man, having to put that armor together would not be cheap. I don't care oh, how yeah. budget you cosplay. <laughs> um, so is that, do you go, do you go all in or do you try to keep it on the thrift or how do you, how do you put your stuff together? I probably spend too much. I really oh, do. Yeah. Well, don't um, yeah. Like I have, I have been working on Tashiara. I had, I had my haircut to look like her. I've been trying to learn how to style it properly. I have a cricket phaser that's half done. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can ask Matt. I obsess over the details of my uniform that are not exactly like hers. Um, That's it's, awesome. You know, I try to get it as close as I can. She, um, uh, Tasha, is uh, near and dear to me for many, many reasons. Um, I got to say, arguably the first time, uh, like I said, I was I was an impressionable twelve-year-old, uh, so I found uh, Tasha quite in, uh, engaging. Uh, you know, Dr. Crusher, Tasha Yar, and uh, Counselor Troy all showed up at the same time at a very crucial point in my life. Um, and uh, But, you know, such a strong character right out of the gate. And for her, uh, you know, an unexpected and permanent character death, which is not typical of Star Trek up to that point. Um, you know, we got Spock back. We got uh, just about everybody who was consequential to the story made it back somehow. Um, but Tasha did not. And that was, uh, that was very shocking to me, uh, at that age. So, uh, I have a lot of love for that character. And of course, you know, Denise Crosby comes back in yesterday's enterprise and then later on as Sela and, uh, just kills it. And you, you're like, why did we let that go? <laughs> but yes, you know, oh, and you know, of course, uh, brings it all back in all good things as well. Uh, but she is the only, um, she's the only Trek, uh, uh, actor that I have met in person. Denise Crosby. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, right before pandemic time, uh, there was a, a Comic-Con in Little Rock up the road from here, and she was the guest. And uh, Kevin Conroy, the one true Batman, was there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so that was my my oldest son. That was that was our go for him was to get to get Kevin Conroy's autograph. And then uh, I was like, oh, Denise Crosby's going to be there, too. Dad's getting an autograph, too, or a photo op. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward four months, and then the world shut down for a year. So yeah. no more cons for now. But that's cool. So um, is, who's your favorite Star Trek character? Oh, boy. It's got to be Chief O'Brien. <laughs> That's so amazing. So I, I get a, I get a sense with that maybe that you're kind of in some sort of an engineering field. Did you follow after Dad in the radio or the engineering side of things, or is is it is it just because he seems to be the most everyman of us all? He, it's definitely an everyman thing. But I definitely have, I yeah, I followed my father in some ways into engineering and electrical, and I have a bad habit of taking things apart and not always putting them back together. <laughs> my soul friend oh that's uh you know i um i don't get into a whole lot of details about what i do uh day to day but um i'm a, a technician for a, a large fruit-based company uh and so but it's very much the uh i got into it because i took stuff apart that i probably shouldn't have but the parents left the screwdrivers in accessible places and that's not my fault um 
you know, just if, if it had screws that I could take out, they were coming out. And, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't always great about, you know, I learned that, put them in a pattern where they go back in. <laughs> I learned that lesson the hard way. Um, but uh, I remember one of the very earliest things I dismantled just to see how it worked. Um, and it was incredibly simple, but um, uh, the G.I. Joe is called the Mobat, the, the motorized battle tank. And um, yeah. by its very name, obviously, it's motorized. Uh, but this is like 1982 technology. This is a, this is a beefy toy. Uh, I'm talking D-cell batteries, right? And um, But it was, you know, obviously, it was an incredibly simple mechanism, two motors, uh, the power supply and simple switches, uh, that engaged on off. And if you turned the turret, uh, the little character sat in the top and you turned it, it would, you know, left or right. So basically it's you know, two motors, switch one off and the tank goes left, switch the other one off and the tank goes right. And, uh, but I took that thing apart and put it back together. I don't know how many times without breaking it. So I was pretty, pretty excited <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that tinkering, that, that does definitely, fits the chief o'brien mold um i can relate to that i don't know he's definitely top five i don't know that i i don't spock has got to be my favorite that's just i've I've been related to spock for so long um but i definitely appreciate the suffering of our one true chief uh and and everything that he goes through so that we don't have to um (laughs) you know and i love that uh if you've seen lower decks did you, are you yes. up to, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. The shout out for our, uh, the most important man. And I love a yes. person. They say most important person, which is important. They say the most important person in Starfleet history, yes. which is also important because arguably the most important person in human history is Lily Sloan from first <laughs> contact. Uh, without sure. her, we would have never gotten to warp and Riker stole her seat on the Phoenix. Yes. <laughs> I'm not never she- going to be mad about that. I would love it if they bring a call back to her in one of the future episodes somehow. Oh, and we didn't deserve Allie, uh, Alfred Woodard in that role. We, we got an absolute gem that we just, you know, she's one and done, <laughs> but yeah, no shout out for Lily. She needs to yes. be recognized in history. Um, well, cool. So, uh, what other, what other roles have you, have you branched out to, uh, to do besides Star Trek and Starbuck? Uh, Star Trek and Starbuck are my big ones. Um, Boy, I don't know. I've got a lot of things I could try in the future, but I'm having fun with the Starfleet uniforms and stuff. I, I know it's I'm... addictive. I uh, I've decided that the only thing that might motivate me to lose weight is so that I can actually fit into like a first contact gray. Uh, you know, the, the 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 I think that's the second most um, meticulous uniform aside from the monster maroons, which I probably will yes. never try. Uh, but I want to get some. I want to get some first contact. Uh, style outfits. I think that's that's my favorite overall fit of a uniform. It's one of my. Um, I think that looks the best of the modern uh, modern era Trek uniforms for sure. Yes, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I like the the DS Nine duty uniforms were nice, but um, the the grays were a nice upgrade to that idea. I think. Yeah. So, but uh, well, what other what other interests do you have besides? I mean, Trek Trek's not it, right? You got other stuff you oh. do. No, I do all, but, oh, God, I like my my cars. Uh, I lived alone, literally alone in Montana for an entire year because I was committed to a job. Oh, wow. And all I had was my apartment, and I bought a a Challenger, and I was trying to fix it up. Oh, very cool. Like a classic? (laughs) Yes. So is that your other hot, uh, 73. Okay, that's a real car. (laughs) 
<laughs> 73 Dodge Challenger is a real car, yeah. y'all. Oh man, that uh that is something. So that's that's only two years older than me. Do you still have it? <laughs> no, I do not. My father actually has it now. Oh well it's in the family then. It's still in the yeah. family. How far along Maybe. did you get with it? Um, I managed to drive it around the block. Um <laughs> <laughs> you got it up and running. That's important. I know. I I spent a ton of time. I rewelded in new floorboards. I put in a new trunk. I replaced the windshield. I mean, I didn't do it. I actually had a windshield hedger, but. But yeah, you got it done. Yeah, it went from being a locked up engine with holes you could put your foot through to, you know, a solid car you could kind of drive. Very cool. Now, dad's got it. Did he he keep going with it? Yeah, he's got it into a guy. I think now is actually going to give it the full treatment. Ah, nice. Well, then you, uh, hopefully you get to, you'll definitely get to take it the, for more than around the block when it's finished. Yeah, hopefully. Well, so what color is it going to be? Oh, he's back and forth. It's super blue. He wanted to go white, like vanishing points or know, black. Blue sounds good. Yeah, it is a, it's a unique color of blue. So I'm hoping he keeps it. I, um, I, uh, there's an alternate universe where I bought the blue truck instead of the red truck. I'm just going to say that, you know, uh, there was an, it was electric blue or bright red and red is probably my favorite. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the blue one was solid blue though, but the, the red one had two panels gray on the bottom. Uh, mm-hmm. but it became Clifford, the big red Dodge. So <laughs> served me well for many, many years. I missed Is it truck. Dodge Ram? It was a Dodge Ram. It oh was. my God. Yeah. I'm it, sitting in a Dodge Ram right now. Oh <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now, if I ever bought another truck, it would be, it would be a Ram again. I uh, loved that and ran that dude into the ground. Um, yeah. It was my first, uh, off the lot, brand new vehicle. Uh, it had 12 miles when I rolled off the lot and I put five of those on in the test drive. So <laughs> smack up. I nice. would have kept it if I had known better at the time rather than trade it in because I would have gotten much yeah. more use out of it than what they gave me on trade. But, you know, you yeah. live and you learn. <laughs> and, you know, and of course, of all things, uh, it, it, you know, it's been replaced by a Prius, of course. <laughs> Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I should drive something more economical, but I'm also cheap. So oh, I know. have this car with 196,000 miles, and she's still going. Yeah, once it's been, you know, once it's paid for, it, it's, there's a, there's a lot of value in that, and you know, keeping mm-hmm. something uh, that you if so, cars are all damn big impact. You know, you know uh, surprise, surprise, news alert that they have a huge impact after they're made on the environment still. Um, but, uh, you know, it can be more beneficial to keep using something like that than, you know, trying to get into the hybrid or EV craze uh, just because, um, you know, it was right for me when I bought it because it is a fit for what I needed. And uh, now it's going to be the first hand-me-down to the teenagers. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm yeah, still not ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I still haul big stuff, so I still need the truck every now and then. I actually bought, just bought a hood for my other car. It's a, I posted about it. It's a Firebird. It looks kind of like Night Rider. It. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> so great. I was like, oh, that's amazing. You were, what, did we get it out to, where, didn't you get out to put some gas in it? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. finally got it out on the road after all my blew up spark plugs. But um, <laughs> oh. it's an old carbureted car. She yeah. Something you can work on. Yes. I love that. And, um, my, my grandfather, uh, was, uh, you know, an old school mechanic 
And um, uh, both my grandfathers were engineering minded. One was a pipe fitter and the other was a mechanic. So uh, I like to think that's where a lot, I, you know, I know that uh, my tinkering came from one side and the fact that I talked to inanimate objects a lot came from the other. Uh, and I have, uh, you'll appreciate this. Um, I have my, uh, my paternal grandfather's, the pipe fitter, I have his um, drafting scale still. Oh. Yeah, my, my dad kept that. Uh, and after he passed, he was like, your grandfather would probably like you to have this. And so I keep it. It's over here on the uh, in the desk uh, where fancy it's over here with my uh, DS9 game ball and my trill from <laughs> Kellen and uh, all, you know, my model of the Enterprise A and my my Transformers and <laughs> all the important <laughs> stuff that one needs right at, at their fingertips, you know, to, to to keep them happy at their desk. So little triangular three sided scale. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, okay. That's yeah. It's not. It's so old. Standard. It's uh. It's made out of. Uh, oh, it's uh, standard. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's okay. old. It's old enough. That it's made out of resin and not plastic. And a sturdy little piece of something. I have a couple of those. I was actually a drafter for many, many years. So I did. Uh, I learned. Uh, I learned mechanical drafting. Um, you know, by hand in junior high. Yeah. Uh, I had a drafting board and T square and compass and all that. Um, and, uh, really, really enjoyed it. And then, you know, I could do the block lettering and tiny little, uh, all that stuff <laughs> and continued that into, um, my early college days we did, I was in theater and I was going to do technical theater and go into set design. So we did actual oh. drafting. That was part of the set design class. Uh, but I was in that, uh, I, in my first or second semester of college, this was, late 93, early 94, I took AutoCAD um, yes. uh, as an elective <laughs> uh, because, and this was when AutoCAD was like, you typed in coordinates. You could use a mouse, but that wasn't allowed in this class. Uh, so you typed in coordinates and a DOS prompt to draw your drawings. And I did that because I was like, well, you know, obviously this is where it'll be by the time I'm in the workforce. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, fast forward way too many years while I was still in college and my work study was to put together a, a CAD drafting lab for the theater department as part of, um, part of getting some of my financial aid money. And that, yeah, cool. that led directly to what I do right now. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't, I'm not doing what I went to college to do, but I'm doing what I did in college. Yes. It, it's like, I have a similar story. Like I was in a CAD class in high school. And just as um, computer assisted drafting was coming in and I got hooked on it. I used to draw, I was huge into Star Wars at the time. I was drawing ATATs and, and X Wings in GenCAD. And I found out how to do them in 3D on a 2D program. <laughs> wow, breaking molds and since way then back. I ended up drawing buildings. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. and, and so, you, I mean, you've just been, you've just been in it, uh, in the engineering mindset since way back. Oh yeah, I um. So we we had a rather considering, you know, I'm we're talking a small town of about at the time maybe five thousand people. Uh, it's even less now. The town I grew up in, uh, but the school system was remarkably progressive at the time. Uh, American yeah. American education used to not be entirely awful, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this this 
small little town in uh, rural Arkansas has me reading 1984 uh, for, you know, summer reading program, you know, encouraging independent and critical thinking, not something that seems to happen a lot these days. Uh, But we in eighth and ninth grade, we had a we had a lab based class. Um, I can't remember technology something at the time, but you would spend two weeks uh, at a station. And that station would be a particular uh, aspect of, of mechanical or uh, uh, engineering in some regard. So one of them was a pneumatics um, station where you would build these machines that, you know, used um, air to operate. We had a, a fluidic uh, hydraulic machine uh, with this nasty oil. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and we had a, we even had a remote communications station that simulated the, the concept of satellite communication, but it used um, a, a incandescent flashing bulb flashlight. And there was a receiver and, you know, basic, very basic optical uh, uh, data transmission. Um, but believe it or not, we had a CNC machine uh, that you could uh, uh, carve uh, basic shapes out of a block of wax. Did I lose you? Hey. Hey. Yay, yay modern so internet. Sorry, drop out all of a sudden. Oh, that's okay. Uh, that's the joy of yeah. that's the joy of the internet. Well, how far did we what did you hear? I was bragging about all the cool shit I got to do in high school. Uh yeah, you were talking about how progressive your school district was and actually you're reading nineteen eighty four, which I read this summer finally. Oh wow. I had to read that book like three times the first time I read it because I had to reread so much uh, in the moment <laughs> to even get it. I know as it's tell you, um, we had this great uh, this great technology program class where you would go from station to station doing these experiments like pneumatics, hydraulics, um, uh, light-based communication. but and this was this would been 89, 88, 89. we had a CNC machine. Uh, in oh. this class where you, we did very basic wax, uh, wax blocks, carvings of, uh, of the, whatever we drew up on the computer, uh, which was mind blowing at the time, uh, especially given, you know, like I said, 88, 89, that we even had the money to do something like that. Um, but, uh, rather than, you know, do all the hard math to become an engineer, I went, I went in a completely other direction. I was like, Oh, theater, that's easy. <laughs> So, but, uh, how long have you been at it? How long have you been engineering? Oh, well, I'm, uh, considered an engineering technologist, which is like, it's not a full fledged licensed engineer. It's, um, it means I've passed a few tests and I have to maintain my certificate every few years, but I am, I am taking classes now to try to earn a legitimate engineering degree. So, but I have been doing this since, oh, geez, 2003. So that's a, that's a lot further away than it should be now. It's a, you know, uh, yeah. 2003 <laughs> should not be close to 20 years ago. That's, that's bullshit yeah. y'all. I don't, it's I am crazy. not a fan of linear time. <laughs> big, big, like big, Cisco. yeah, not a, not a big fan of linear time. Let's do some profit style time around here where I can, yes. you know, pop into all the fun stuff. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, very cool. Uh, so what do you do in your free time these days? Oh, my free time. Oh, free time anymore? Yeah. yeah, what is free time? <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh gosh, I am I'm always working on projects in and out of the garage. I you know, I I have I invested a whole bunch of money about the big Lego Disney castle because I am 
a huge are you a Disney entertainment too? fan oh absolutely nice totally nice it's like i would love to go back but it's really not the time nope so <laughs> so are you disneyland or disney world or both disney world disney, disney world. world there's just so yeah. much more to do there really it's yeah. i mean we've never been to disneyland we're gonna go when 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 it's safe to do so um, but we've been to Disney World oh, an embarrassing number of times. Uh, <laughs> I think it's maybe eight now, eight or nine. It's a lot. Um, but we've had a blast every single time. And, um, you know, when we uh, when we go, we try to do more than just Disney World, uh, although Disney World is plenty. Uh, but yeah. I got to do cool stuff like see the last space shuttle launch stuff like that as part of going to disney Aww. world you know <laughs> oh man that trip that was a, that that was something um my wife i'm jealous oh yeah i my wife made it happen i can't take any credit for it i had wanted to see the shuttle launch my entire life like my mom woke me up when i was wee to to watch the first one when um you know when it took off uh, and so I was a big junkie the entire, my entire life. And, you know, it's like, ah, there's plenty of time until there's not plenty of time to yeah. see the shuttle. All of, a sudden. all of a sudden there's only one left. And, uh, she, um, she found a way to put it all together. I got as uh, I was, uh, at the closest public viewing, uh, spot that was available. And, um, but the trick was, uh, we, we started the trip on the coast and we went to the Cape and saw Kennedy and everything. Then we went to Disney world and, but the launch was a few days later. Uh, so this whole package thing, they picked me up at Disney world at like two in the morning and oh, I got wow. on a charter bus and they drove me, you know, across Florida. Um, and everything was like, uh, but it was, it was a long early morning. Uh, and then they brought me back to Disney World and I met up with my family and I was completely exhausted <laughs> and not the best company, but I was completely thrilled too. Um, it is an experience that like I wrote a blog post about it, that it was like so and I don't write a lot, uh, but I wanted to not forget what I remembered. <laughs> um, yeah. But the most impressive thing about it was uh, one, it always feels like. They, I think they play launches back in kind of slow motion just to kind of show you how impressive mm -hmm. it is uh, because um, once there's ignition, there's a huge plume of smoke. And then about three seconds later, there's a space shuttle flying out of that a lot faster than you <laughs> think it is on TV. Um, but even more so, uh, what catches your eye right as you look up is you see the shockwave coming at you. From, really? Oh yeah. No, there's no mistaking. And then it's, oh, wow. you know, it's not a pushback, but there's a definite print change in pressure. Uh, but yeah, you can see the, the shockwave coming across the horizon and it, it's, it's a very empowering, uh, powerful moment. Um, That's so cool. and then boom, you know, 10 seconds later and she's gone. That's it. See you Atlantis. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really excited though. We're going to go back someday and Atlantis is on display at Kennedy. So I can go back there and see my space shuttle. I'm pretty excited about one of these days. Oh yeah. I am dying to see one of those shuttle displays somewhere, somehow. Such a beautiful machine. Um, that the was the shuttle, future when we were kids. Is it, it was like we were living the future. Do you yeah. watch, um, have you seen for all mankind, the show on no, Apple TV not. plus? Okay. So no. it's an alternate history telling of the mm -hmm. space race where the Russians beat us to the moon. And so the race becomes about, um, you know, who gets the resources of the moon 
uh, over. Yeah, it's 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 worth the free trial. If you can get the three month free trial, you can sit down and watch season two is active right now. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, it's just, it's kind of like the man in the high castle. It's shifted out of our history just enough where everything's familiar, but different. Um, and one of the things that blew my mind was the shuttle fleet, because, you know, the shuttle in this timeline is making trips back and forth to the moon with crews and equipment. So there's like 15 shuttles. And, you know, they all have great names, but there's like 15 shuttles and there's, there's a few that we recognize. And then there's, you know, completely other shuttles that probably were on the books at one point that we'll never see. But I was just like, oh, yeah. what a wonderful way. Other than, you know, the whole Cold War stigma of the Russians having won the moon. Uh, <laughs> what a wonderful <laughs> time to have lived in where we had 15 shuttles that were doing the oh stuff that God. the shuttle was meant to do. Right. Um, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it, though? Yeah. Um, I like that alternate history stuff, though. Um, uh, Inglorious Bastards is one of the ones that really blew me away. Spoiler <laughs> alerts if you have. Have you seen it? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, audience. Uh, but the, the twist at the end, I was like, whoa, we, we, are, not even, we are not even living in our own world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a much better ending, though. I thought that was a really great. Plus, um, one day I will memorize Lieutenant Aldo Rain's uh, speech about putting the Inglorious <laughs> Bastards together because he and I share similar views on Nazis. Yes. <laughs> uh, we we don't we don't cotton to him very well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no. It's an easy way. Not to a fan. It. Yeah, not a big fan of him. That's uh, uh, this show. Sean Ferrix. Uh, have you heard the uh, You're on Crack Mate pod with Sean Ferrix? No, I haven't actually. Okay, so if you're a fan of film, fan of movies, and you want to hear just people nerd out about their favorite things, that's a good one to catch on. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's it's great because you don't have to listen to all of them. You know, if you don't, you know, if you're not a fan of uh, whatever the topic is, you can listen to because there's I don't know how many thirty of them now. Um, I've had the good fortune to be on a few of them. Um, and uh, stuff like we did Return of the Jedi. So it's me and Sean. And unfortunately, that one had my son with me. And we just sat around and talked about how great Return of the Jedi was. And so, oh, oh yeah, this is good fun. It's good fun. Um, but I've gotten to do Gremlins and also coming up as, uh, oh, not Back to the Future. It was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> That's a classic. It is. I um, I was really surprised how well it held up. Uh, honestly, I, I was afraid some of the jokes would be a little too insensitive, uh, insensitively dated. Uh, but there's mm -hmm. only one that stands out as as egregious, and it's over and done, and everybody moves on, and they only make the one bad joke. So, uh, oh, yeah. And they make the same joke in the second movie, but it's made by the evil robots, so that feels like, more appropriate, honestly. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you have I love any, that they uh, brought everyone back? Yeah. Oh, did you, have you seen the um, have you seen uh, Face the Music? The final yes. one? Oh, that movie was way better than it deserved to be. I was incredibly yes. impressed. Um, I was not. Ex I mean, I was in they found death again. How ridiculous was that? Oh, I know. I know. Will Sadler uh, is uh, he's perfect in that role. And uh, of course, you know, Deputy Director Sloan, <laughs> uh, perfect uh, uh, person yes. to play both of those characters. What I was trying to figure out on rewatch of both uh, Bogus Journey and then seeing uh, Face the Music is, is that, his, is he doing an accent or is, does Will Sadler have an accent? Because uh, it's very consistent between, you know, 30 years ago and the new movie uh, that, that little, that uh, he has an affectation when he's doing the death 
uh, voice that I don't know if that's true or if he's doing a voice. I couldn't tell you, but I do know he's done a lot of films where he was a Southern guy mm -hmm. and seems like he does good accents there. Um, yeah. Just from my must experience. Be just good at it. Um, because what yeah. an interesting, um, an interesting accent to give to the character of death. It's just kind <laughs> of a, you know, it's just, a, it's almost got a little Scandinavian uh, yes. hint to it. That's just, a, that's just perfect. Right. Um, one of my favorites uh, is the, the little rap he does at the end, you know, it's uh, you may be a King or a lowly street sweeper, but sooner or later you'll dance with the reaper. <laughs> <laughs> and then he spins his little cycle. He spins, yeah, he spins his bass around. Yeah, oh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So much fun. Uh, gosh. Uh, so, um, any other sci-fi interests besides Trek? Um, yeah, I mean, like I was this huge, huge Star Wars fan when I was younger. Oh, shit. what's going on? It's okay. We got you. Oh, are you still there yeah i'm, I'm so sorry gotcha. no worries it's it's um i get business calls they happen oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair we all have we all have real lives to lead surprise yeah. surprise when you were talking about you uh star wars was your big thing when you were a kid oh yeah back when there were like there was only the three and then yeah. like the books came out and i was a huge star wars fan and i got a lot of crap for it when i was a kid um it wasn't as popular uh, to be it was not. back then. Yeah. You could not find Star Wars stuff anywhere. I remember researching when the internet was very young how to build the lightsaber and finding out that that was like a Graflex like Oh, light right. The, the, mm -hmm. Yeah, for the yeah. Uh, old flash stick for photography. Yeah, that's what they made Luke's lightsaber out of. It mm -hmm. was fascinating. With windshield wiper like blades mm -hmm. glued on it. Yep. <laughs> uh, kit old school kit bashing. That's how they built. Yes. Uh, that's how they built it back in the day. I think that's part of the reason I got so interested in film. Like I wanted to go to a film school mm -hmm. really bad. Oh, that's something we line up on uh, pretty solid. I wanted to, I wanted to go work at Industrial Light and Magic. That was, oh, that was a dream. Yeah, me of mine. too. Uh, I just don't have the artistic ability. <laughs> I thought, um, <laughs> I thought three D animating programs would do a lot of the work for you. It turns out you still got to be good at art, kids. You can't just yeah. <laughs> fire up, a, you can't just fire up Photoshop and be a photographer. Turns out. <laughs> oh, seems, yeah. seems weird though. I mean, you should just be able to turn on a program and be good at it, right? I mean. Yeah, exactly, that's how, right? That's how, that's how technology works. I remember uh, illegally downloading some 3D programs and trying to make things happen. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... Back in the day. Not, I, did, I may have done the same thing. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, the first version of Photoshop I used did not support color. I'll tell you how long I've been using stuff like that. Uh, that yeah, that, when color was a new feature, I was like, wow, that's something. Um so Star Wars, did you, uh, what did you think? Oh, you mentioned the books. So the books, books were a big deal. Uh, when, yep. when Timmy, the, uh, he's yeah. on. yes, yes. That whole, the Thrawn trilogy, when that launched, that was yes. 92, 93, somewhere in there, late high school for me. And, uh, I don't think that, you know, kids in it today, of course, they, they don't have a reason to have the backstory, but I don't think it's, um, it's hard to understand how little there was when it came to, the stuff we were interested in, you know, you couldn't find, yes. um, it just wasn't everywhere. Now that's like Trek is everywhere. Star Wars is everywhere. All of it is everywhere. Um, and 
it's less uh, stig. It's le- there's less of a stigma to be, quote unquote, a nerd or a, uh, into those <laughs> kinds of things, um, because the internet, uh, for better or worse, has broadened all of our communities, um, yes. and allowed us to connect uh, and not feel isolated or alone or othered uh, in ways you know just for what we like. Uh, we can we found entirely other ways to other people. Yes. Especially marginalized communities, it's been huge. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and and um, I love with Trek especially the modern um, the focus on intentionality and in- inclusivity uh, is a fresh take, uh, big time. Um, you oh, don't see God. it as active yet in I think other franchises, you know, being as intentionally exclusive or inclusive. Um, something like Star Wars, a little bit harder to you know bring that quote diversity up to the screen because that universe is different it's not our galaxy it's not our uh humanity but trek very much is and um you know trek is a future that we can all uh see ourselves in uh star wars is a fantasy that we all want to play in trek is a future that we can all see ourselves achieving um and we need to be able to see more of ourselves in it Absolutely. And not just as the alien of the week. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, that is the, uh, one thing I said is that it's, it's something altogether to find yourself, but it's completely different to see yourself, um, Mm -hmm. in, in a media, you know, fans, uh, forever have found themselves or something to identify with, but seeing a, an intentional representation of that identity is, uh, invaluable. Um, you know, and it's everyone can relate, I think, to well, I hope that you can find a relate a way to relate. Uh, for me, it was uh, with Detmer this past season and the um, the way they treated uh, mental health. Um, yes. That was something that I can identify with. Uh, and, you know, not that I've ever want for identity in in media. I'm exactly what everybody has seen forever. Uh, but uh, it is also nice to see an acknowledgement of something that is, uh, you know, a hidden, a hidden um, injury, so to speak. Uh, mental health being a hidden injury that that a lot, you know, recently until recently hasn't been taken as seriously as it should be. So uh, I can appreciate uh, how deep that goes for other folks when they see themselves literally on screen. Yeah, the value of being not treated is like, oh, that crew member needs to get themselves together and being like, are you okay? What do you need? How can I help? Exactly. It's, it's just, it's huge. It's what the world needs more of. Well, you know, um, and it's been said over and again, but uh, Picard should have taken a year. He should have had a gap year after yeah. Percutus Bork. Uh, but no, we get one episode where he fights with his brother in the mud and all's good. You know, you know, we deal with it a couple more times up in the road, but it's basically fine. You, you get, you get assimilated mm-hmm. by the Borg, you shake it off. And that was the nature of television at the time, too. I mean, it I think was. you got to acknowledge the limits of the medium. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was, you know, even in um, even in some uh, practical things that, you know, it's just it isn't even about the way uh, it isn't about telling a story. It's about just the fact that, you know, they had to cram everything into a four by three frame. 
Um, mm -hmm. And there was this three shot of uh, the two consoles at the front on Next Generation on the Enterprise D uh, of the two consoles at the front. And there was barely enough room between them <laughs> for Riker to stand behind them. And I was like, I know if we had a wide shot from behind that they would be like six feet apart. <laughs> but because everybody had to fit in the frame, it was like, you know, uh, all yeah. crunched up there. And I was like, oh, the, the changes that have come because one, we got bigger TVs and we changed, changed the way you tell stories now. It's not all a, um, uh, you know, you get a lot more tracking shots and a lot less uh, three shots. Well, uh, Amins, yeah. is there anything out there? I love sometimes like trying to justify. Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Say what you're gonna I say. I just, I, I do love trying to like sit around and, like justify like why did it work this way one time? Like why was the trans warp on the Excelsior in 2200 and they only barely using it in 2300? You know, it's fun to do that, but sometimes you just gotta acknowledge that it's also just the way the story had to be told. You know? I um, you know, I think about especially. I don't think until about the next generation, the writers and the, and the keepers of the lore realized how much we were paying attention and <laughs> to how little they weren't paying attention. Um, yes. And, uh, and so, yeah, what they probably thought was, Oh yeah. Transwarp sounds better than warp. Just, yeah, let's run with it. And then the fans yeah. were like, I wonder what that is and how fast that goes and how that works differently than regular warp. And, you know, they never intended it to be anything more than a joke for Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, leave it to us to tear it down to the nth degree as yeah. all of the so, WandaVision uh, theory videos on the Internet now are yes. there, to, there to attest to. Somebody somewhere is a great fan fiction on why they abandoned transport for 100 plus years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and, but to 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 point out, too, they do come back to it. We still don't know how any of it works or what it does, mm -hmm. but we at least come back to it. And um uh, we find out uh, far enough along the way that, you know, uh, the Federation adopted uh, seemingly more um, more than just a few ways to travel faster than light. Warp wasn't the only way we do it there. Uh, yeah. The transwarp and whatever other uh, quantum slipstream they were using. So they have uh, half a dozen different ways to travel around the galaxy now, it seems. Maybe we'll get to yeah. see more of that. There was, an all, there was very little galaxy traveling in the last season of... Discovery. Yeah. I hope but, we see more. Yeah, that's the limits of the story. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, that's one of the things I've come to appreciate is the uh, tighter, a tight 10, I like to call it tight 10, tight 13 season, where it's all story and very little filler. Um, mm -hmm. Watching, you know, rewatching older seasons, it's, uh, there's a lot of filler. There's a lot yeah. of filler in there. Um, but uh, but well, how else do you get uh, Captain Cisco? How do you ask to get Captain Cisco challenging a Vulcan to baseball on the holodeck? Like that is a classic episode. I have the baseball. It's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> um, baseball is one of my other loves and you combine baseball, uh, Cisco and um, a holodeck game. And uh, I, I will go back and watch, take me out to the holodeck. Mm -hmm. uh, I could watch it once a week and not and once a week and not get bored. Yes. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> Uh, I love Cisco. I can't, I don't know. Uh, I can't talk enough about how much I love that character. Uh, oh, yeah. he's he, my space dad as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. I mean, my, uh, my biological father wasn't around much, so I got real space dad. And, um, and for me, uh, taught me a lot about being, uh, I like to say taught me a lot about being a, hopefully a good parent. Um, and, uh, so I try to take, uh, just that, you know, one of the things I learned from Cisco is just your default position should be pride in your children. 
Um, you know, you should never yes. be when 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 your kid comes to you and says, you're going to be so proud of me. It should be. Well, I am. But what is it now? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and that that is that is quite possibly the biggest lesson I learned from him is that, um, you know, your default position with your kids just needs to be the hug. And whatever, whatever has happened wrong, whatever you may have done to break the rules, um, we're going to learn from mistakes. Because let me tell you stories about dad making mistakes. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Uh, and so, uh, but yeah, Cisco, uh, well, we're just, we're practically uh, siblings, as it turns out, I think now. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, are there any, uh, are there any other things you want to, you want to shout out to? You have any charities of choice or uh, interests that you want to uh, alert the, the dear listeners to before we have to close oh, things up? Oh my goodness. Oh, I just, it's funny how we get here. Cause I started out, um, on Twitter. I had machinations of being with like theme park blogger. Mm-hmm. And then one day, um, just to give a brief history, I um, I remember when Real Goldicott made the news for parodying a certain president's tweets. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I remember jumping in on that and typing like this message as if I were a reporter asking a bunch of questions in the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. And then eventually that turned into I open up an account as an entity. I was I'm, I was the Federation News Network. I would take headlines and parody them in the Star Trek universe. Um, and through there, I met other people and it's like, oh, I want to join in on this. And I didn't think I was good enough to be like a canon character. And that's where Ensign Amons comes from is she was like my brother's idea, actually, of this terrible engineer. And <laughs> and then I just fell in love with the idea of this. And I started meeting like real people like like Heather and Allie and um, gosh, uh, Kira who were like, you know, and find out that this community is so open and accepting. And, and, uh, and now here I am like a part of it and like being interviewed by you, who's interviewed all these wonderful people I look up to. It's, it's it's kind of trippy. (laughs) Let me tell you. Uh, yeah. So I sometimes don't believe that I get to do this as a (laughs) hobby. Um, it is, it is, it has been, and I can't be grateful enough, uh, to, to, to hear you say that and to have be able to do something like this, um, because I feel the same way. I don't get, I don't believe that I've had some of the folks on that I've had on like, uh, Joe Malazzi. Um, I mean, Stargate is the, is the second, you know, pinnacle of our, uh, pillar of the star theme franchises behind there's star Trek, star gate, star Wars and battle star Galactica. Um, and they all exist on an even playing field for me. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, to get to talk and then, but the thing is they're just, they're regular folks with cooler jobs, maybe cooler jobs. Maybe their jobs are cooler. I don't know. They just happen to, uh, you know, have jobs that, uh, uh, give them exposure. But at the end of the day, we all have, uh, wants, needs, desires, and things that we want to, that we want to do for fun, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I feel much the same way as like, I started as a completely other thing and, um, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't enjoying myself, you know, I wasn't having a good time. Mm -hmm. I was just going to Twitter to be angry. And like you, I stumbled into the crowd and it just grew well. And I, you know, I don't think, 
I don't think this community would have fostered the way it did without the past year being what it was. Um, because we all had a lot of time to spend getting to know each other uh, over this shared love. Uh, yes. But um, I wouldn't trade it uh, for, you know, if, if I would trade it if it brought back the people we've lost. I'll be honest about that. But otherwise, <laughs> I would keep it um, because it has, uh, I think it has kept so many of us um, uh, grounded in a, in a time when otherwise uh, that would be almost impossible. Um, I couldn't imagine living through something like this without, uh, you know, our ability to connect uh, what we have uh, as far as social media goes and for good or bad. Uh, but I think it's really probably helped a lot of us make it through this. That otherwise we would have we yeah. wouldn't have made it. <laughs> I, I can't imagine if it happened 20, 25 years ago. Like, oh, I know. We did not have the tools we have today. Uh, oh, to survive for, for, for the, I mean, yeah, every aspect of it was, is dependent upon the technology we have today, yes. uh, zooming for school, Google classroom, uh, and then being able to connect outside, uh, connect to the outside world while locked inside, you know, uh, otherwise yeah. it would have just been you and the, and the TV and everybody would have gone more insane than we already did. Yes. A little. <laughs> um, <laughs> big, 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 uh, you know, not my, I learned that I, I, I like time off, but I don't like all the time off. And I, mm -hmm. I definitely, uh, I am lazy, but I am not so lazy that I want to sit around and get paid for nothing. Um, <laughs> I, you know, after, after about the third week, you're like, boy, I should, uh, I should make some better use of this time. How about starting yes. a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. Well, and here we are too. We have to, um, we have to close things up. That's unfortunate. Aww. But the, uh, the beautiful <laughs> part of the way this show works is that we, you know, we leave the door open to come back around for another round of bourbon later on, uh, so that we can catch up and get to know a little bit more about what happened in between. So do you have, um, <laughs> anyone in particular you want to say hello to before we, we close off? Oh boy. Um, I don't know. Too many. There's too many. There's just so many great people out there. Like, like I said, like um, we've covered some of them. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, oh my God. I don't know who annoyed O'Brien is, but that person is an excellent person. Maybe I'll meet them at a con someday and give them a hug. Um, That's my big plan. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to hug again. Uh, it's been rough on us huggers this past year. Uh, I don't like, get to wear my, I'm a hugger t-shirt. It sounds like a threat these days. <laughs> Like between the friends I've made here and it just like, it has helped me survive some difficult times for sure. Cool. So it has been, it has been huge. And I like, can't feel like being somebody, but I love all you guys out there and girls yeah. in between. Yeah. <laughs> all it was a uh, guys, gals, non-battering pals and androgynous aliens. That's a better way to say it. That's so much better. See, that's the other thing. It's always improving yourself. You know, yep. I look for, uh, I try to, if I, you know, if I learn something is maybe got some uh, questionable roots, I, I leave, I abandon that, uh, that yes. word, you know, uh, we no longer, you can no longer be gypped. You can be taken advantage of, Right. Uh, but yeah, no, that has, uh, that has, uh, slights against the Romani people. You don't want to, you don't want to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, once you know, once you know better, do better. That's all we can hope for. Yes. Uh, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here, man. This has been fantastic. Um, just really a uh, great pleasure to get to know you. Uh, yeah, and, uh, it's a lot so, of fun. yeah, so, and keep in touch, you know, um, I'm always available, uh, to you and to you listeners. Uh, my, my DMS are open for better or worse. Uh, sometimes, uh, it, it works out, it works out for the better, uh, more than, more than not, but, um, hit me up, uh, and, uh, 
you know, get to know each other. And if you want to be on the show, uh, that's the way to, to say hello. You just drop a line in and, and I'd be happy to have any one of you uh, listeners come on and uh, hang out with us for a while. Uh, but uh, Ensign Amens, thank you so much for being a part <laughs> of the show today and letting us get to know you a little bit better. And uh, to you, dear listeners, I just want to say thank you for your ears. Hope to earn them again uh, next week. And if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do, the easiest thing you can do is tell your friends and share this episode. If you enjoyed it, go through the back catalog and find some other episodes you might enjoy. Get to know your friends and uh, share those as well. But if you're inclined and interested, you can provide real material support by logging on to patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R. And for as little as a dollar a month, you get some awesome perks uh, and uh, get to put a little uh, cash in my tip jar. Um, otherwise, I want to say thank you and good night from the Toad Suck Studios here in Central Arkansas. All right. Hey. hey.